want to take less than 60 seconds to tell you how you can support the podcast if you feel that the podcast is worth supporting. Step number one is you can go to 1-800-CONTACTS, assuming you have contacts that you're in need of, and give them a shot. 1-800-CONTACTS, they're a community sponsor, and we couldn't do this without them. Way number two that you can support the podcast is you can go to Lingo Eyewear, www.liingo, eyewear.com, and use code LIGHTTHEFIGHT for $30 off your order. I actually just ordered my very first pair of sunglasses, of eyeglasses. I don't know why I said sunglasses. And I'm excited because they're sending me a few different pairs, and I get to pick which ones I want and which one I like and keep it and send the other ones back. So lingoeyewear.com and make sure you use the code light the fight. The third way you could visit us at Patreon and that is www.patreon.com backslash light the fight. And what that is, is just a way to get some extra bonus contact content with us, connect with us on a different level. And we take a lot of deeper dives on podcasts. We're doing educational tutorials. So we got a lot of stuff that we're building over there. Come on all over. A lot of people have come over. It's as easy as five bucks a month. So that's patreon.com backslash light the fight. Okay, enough of that. Let's get to the good stuff now. Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Kozlowski is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional in this environment. But same applies to any professionals who may appear on the Light the Fight podcast. Everybody, welcome to another episode of Light the Fist Fight. No, just joking. <laughs> you just never know. You, you never know. You never know. If, if you got some crazy kids and there's lots of fist fights, all you got to do is say, there's only one cookie left and then see what <laughs> happens. There's only one popsicle left and let them go after it. So, Or you just say, okay, guys, it's bedtime. Yeah, when that happened in my house and said, there's only like... Three cookies left, and you know there's six of us. I just said I'm just gonna go to bed. I'm not. I know I'm not getting a cookie. So. <laughs> not even gonna try. So welcome all of our loyal listeners and anyone who's new to the podcast. Welcome as well. Um, welcome as well. I don't think I've ever said that, but I think that's my new thing. Welcome as well. <laughs> uh, so uh, just to kind of throw people off, like I thought he was smart, kind of, but not so much. It's all right. It's all right. We're yeah. gonna just keep. So I apologize if my voice is kind of raw and raspy. I was talking a lot this weekend, more than normal. So, um, but uh, so yeah. So welcome to the podcast. Heidi and I are um, September. We're talking to you September Uno. You know I'm ready for some September for me, you guys. I I'm going on record as saying I think that August 2021. I think it was my most intense month of my life ever. Um, Not the worst, just intense. No, just super intense. Just like, wow, one thing after another. And usually I like to, I mean, we've talked here about vulnerability hangovers and how you kind of got to schedule them in. Yeah. That was not happening. So I'm like, I keep having, when you have to keep pushing out your vulnerability hangover, 
I'm not sure how good that is. Eventually, you just got to take vulnerability a month. <laughs> well, that's a good... Right, take a maybe month that's off. A, maybe that's a good idea. Well, not yet, because think uh, you still got kids in school. People still need you. There's still beautiful things to bedazzle and make for people. So. Yeah. Um, sure. Well, let's let's jump into the episode real quick. Um, I know uh, I'm I'm feeling low on the energy and stuff like that, and got to me and Brandon got to take off early in the morning. And uh, for all those people who are on our Patreon, uh, look forward this coming week uh, a little special little tag along Patreon where um, you guys gonna be going to Portland with me and Brandon, gonna share experiences of being in Portland and talking to the, one of the biggest schools there in downtown Portland and what they've been going through this past year. And also just trying to do what we can do to help the teachers there um, and the administrators just, you know, have the best experiences with their students and with their parents. And it just so happens since I went through all this as a high school teacher in 2020, it's Portland and, and that um, that state's first high school year since the pandemic. So they've been out of school for a year and a half. Well, and actually it was Portland. It was an event that we had scheduled in Portland yes, that actually yes. that event kicked off the pandemic. Actually. Yeah, it kicked off. The, we didn't do it. We did it virtually. <laughs> we did do just it. this past spring. So but, it was planned and then it took us yeah. a full year to then we did it virtually. And so this is a follow up. Yeah. So this, I'm glad you can go there. Yeah, this is well, this is the um, no. Well, technically we did a fall. We did one event, another follow up. And this is. Um, talking to teachers instead of parents. So this is something new, something new. So little, I guess a little bit of a follow-up, you're right. So anyway, so I'm excited about that. And uh, we also want to remind you guys, uh, before we start today's uh, um, podcast and really get into it, that we are having an event September 24th. It's a light the fight. Uh, it's just our parenting workshop. So if you want to come spend the day with me and Heidi, learn about some cool things like my family business model, um, the different things that we talk lots about here in Life of Fight, lots of tools. And, and some of like the behind, like the why. Mm. And I think that that's the thing that's so helpful. You know, here we kind of talk a lot. We talk about tools. We kind of talk about hacks. You know, David kind of dish out some little like Jedi mind tricks, as he calls it. But at the parenting workshop, we really kind of get into why those things work and where some of that intel comes from, which is really helpful in yeah. having it like sink in and become yeah. more of a part of you. Yeah. Well, I think too, for um, just a little added incentive and bonus for all you moms out there um, that are married to men that are a little bit too typical of a man, <laughs> like to just kind of not talk about their feelings, kind of, okay, whatever. <sighs> if you want to see your husband cry, it's worth the price of admission. Yeah, that's a good point. In every workshop that we've had, we'd always have a handful of guys be like, yeah, my wife bribed me to come here, this and that. A couple of times it was the anniversary yeah, present. Yeah, there, was a, and there so, was a lot of that. And so these guys came in there, admittedly so, like, yeah, I was not really looking forward to this. And then when it was all said and done, they cried. They shared experience with other people. Then they looked at their wives like, okay, I can see why you don't mind doing this sort of thing. It makes sense. It helps. So if nothing else, ladies... If you got a husband just laying around somewhere, bring him on in and we might be able to kickstart me like to the defibrillators, like emotional defibrillators, like clear, boom, we can bring your husband back to life. Not permanently, but at least for the day. <laughs> well, so. and just a reminder for those of you who are patrons in our Patreon, oh, yeah. um, we are offering a pretty significant discount to those of you who are members at Patreon, which it costs five bucks a month to be a member there. Um, we share lots of good added bonus, but you also get a hundred bucks off of yeah. 
the ticket. Yep, so. that's good. So five bucks a month gets you a hundred dollars off of uh, the workshop and anything that we do here at the Light the Fight in the future. Um, all of our patrons will be able to get a huge discount on that. If you want to know more about that, you just go to www.patreon.com backslash light the fight. You get all the information there as well as the discount codes if you want to come to the workshop. So check it out. So tonight we kind of have like, we want to talk really quickly about just one of these like gentle reminders for, for parents and adults. And um, or for some people it may not be a reminder. For some people, it could be totally new information. And maybe maybe it's some hype. Maybe it's some like you got this. <clears throat> this is when David becomes the, <coughs> My hype, the man. hype man. Yeah. If you guys haven't listened to the podcast for <clears throat> there's three jobs I've always wanted to have that I haven't had. One DJ, which he I've, actually <coughs> in his I've, own mind. In my own mind, I was a DJ at all the house parties back in the CDs, <laughs> CD era. So I'm really just changing CDs really quickly. And people liked my, my changes, of course. So. Your choices. Yeah. So I had a DJ name and everything, not official DJ. Second one, Sushi Chef. Gosh, that was the one job. I have never heard this. Oh, I mean, man. I know you love sushi, but I didn't know you I, wanted to I actually. Had the, I, all, like, I was enrolled to go to school to learn how to do sushi. And this was back in 2000. I was in graduate school. Problem is they wanted me to pay money for it and I didn't have a lot of that at that time. So it was a little bit more expensive than your boy was willing or able to pay. So I didn't get the sushi chef thing. Um, yeah, so you know, there's been a couple of things. Oh yeah, and Costco. The, the person at Costco that signs the receipts when you like just initial it, make sure everybody has their stuff. How do you that's get that job? Other, tell you what, that's my other dream job. And so uh, this is, <laughs> these are just one of the many dream jobs that I, I wish I had. But um, seriously though, um, sorry, I interrupted, went down a tangent. You can tell I'm super sleep deprived, so we're probably going to do a shorter podcast. What we were going to say <laughs> is that David yeah. is a hype man. He, yeah. The, this is a hype man situation. Let, yeah. I'm just bringing it around. Yeah. This is rare. And I just want you to know. This proves that like all of the efforts that I'm making in my life to yes. better my brain fog is is helping because I actually just remembered where yeah, we were going. You, you turned it around. You <laughs> turned it around. And for me, that was the final job I never had to have was a hype man. I have lots of friends that were successful, but none of them were successful rappers. And I wanted to be that guy holding the holding the white towel going, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, get your hands up. Throw your hands in the air. That always looked like the best job. I don't even know if that guy gets paid, but he has to have a good time. So anyways, but. Well, your name would have to be like. Nickel Fetty or I know, something like huh? that. It's, I, I it's like come up with a cool it's name. like small change though. It's yeah. not like the big buck name. It's like the small. Change oh, my, name. my name would be D Nice. Oh, I is, don't know what that name is that? Be. <laughs> no, that was a rapper from the eighties. I already took that from. Him. So <laughs> enough about that. Getting back to the hype though. So let's get back to the hype. All right, this is important, you guys, and I think that anybody listening, no matter what your role is, particularly if you have teenagers in your life, um. This is this is just a little tidbit of information that you just have to like remind yourself. Like if you're an affirmation person and you, you get up in the morning, you say those affirmations, this is like an affirmation type of a thing to mm -hmm. remember. Yeah. Well, what we're referring to is something that some parents don't know. Other parents just forget. And that is when your little kids turn into teenagers, or if it's not even your kids, it's just kids in the neighborhood. Kids um, that, you know, you see just 
They just when they turn to teenagers, they get a little scary sometimes. They can be intimidating. I was having a conversation at the mall today with some ladies, and they just were saying like, "Yeah, man, like teenagers are scary," and they they meant it seriously. But it, I mean, is it that we? I'm just gonna say, when you think someone doesn't like you, you're kind of scared of them. Well, I when. Interesting Maybe. you said that because when these two ladies were having this conversation, they said, you know, they can be scary. And what we realized after we talked a little bit more about it, it's, it's because they're unpredictable. Okay. And anything that's unpredictable. You're not sure what's going to. Exactly. Yeah. Anything that's unpredictable, your brain has that part of it where it just says, like, keep an eye on those people over there because they're a little suspect. And I think teenagers... We call that sus now. Sus. Oh, that's you right. Just, no, no. We I'm, better tell these people. I'm very well aware. If you're suspect, it's sus. It's sus. Yeah. <laughs> Cut it down. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, when, when you have some things with teenagers, um, whether it be your kids or other kids, I just want to remind you guys, and this is where I'm being your hype man, if you have a child in your house that used to be cute and cuddly and now they're a teenager... Um, they're not going to be someone that you're going to feel as comfortable approaching. In fact, they're going to get really good at making it awkward and uncomfortable to approach them. It's one of their defense mechanisms. Uh, octopuses shoot out ink, right, and shoot in their face. Well, teenagers give looks. They roll their eyes. They say things like sus and like, yeah. And, you know, they do things that unknowingly, I think... They subconsciously know it's unattractive to you, and since it's unattractive to you, you want nothing to do with them and not be around them, and then they go, okay, Maybe great. Maybe like, leave them alone. That, that's their space. Now, the trick is, how do you break that barrier? How do you get close to them when they're doing all these prickly things to make themselves, you know, you're, they're not making themselves invitable. Like, they're not opening up the doors for a conversation. So I just want to be your hype guide. I want to be your hype guide today, and I want to remind you guys, Every single teenager wants to talk. To you. I, to people you. Want, they want to talk to you. Now, if you're a parent and the relationship has gone sour between you and your teenager, they still want to talk to you. They just don't want to have the same conversation over and over again. And I'm sure neither do you. And so when parents, when you guys get defeated or you're intimidated or you don't know how to approach your teenager... This is the long game. This is the game of chess that I'm about to share with you. The number one thing that's always worked for me, and this is not one skill. This is not like a quick hack. This is like, um, I don't even want to call it a mindset. What this is, it's a long-term plan. Teenagers will always open up to adults that show up as the same person damn near every time they see them. Now, doesn't mean that you can't have mistakes. doesn't mean and, you can't And get can angry. I just say... If you show up as somebody that, like, isn't freaking out every time. Like, don't... <laughs> David's saying consistently kind of chill, consistently reliable, consistently not freaking out, which is yeah. my, where my challenge comes in. Yeah. The only leverage you really have to get your kids to do the things you want them to do or to open up to you is you got to, like, you, you don't have to be, but this is the most effective thing is that you are you are the cornerstone. You're the baseline. You're the given. A lot of times, teenagers will say, my parents have to love me. They have to do these things. They have to do these things. They have to be around me. 
Well, there's little things. And they use it against you like that's yeah, a bad thing. Yeah. There's little things that you can do that really just cripples all all those debates that they have. All those like you you only say this because you're my parents. You only you know do this because you know you have to. You're, you know you, you gave birth to me. These type of dismissal things, or if they're angry and don't want to talk to you, regardless of the situation, every parent that I know that really works on I'm going to be the same person every time I'm around my teenager. They over time, sometimes it's days, sometimes it's weeks, sometimes it takes months. They break their teenager down because the available person who's always there is not always the person the teenagers are going to go to to open up to. You have to be available, always there, which most parents are, okay? But you also have to do something different. You have to be the opposite of them. They're emotional. They're uh, you know unstable. They're uh, reluctant to open up and talk. Or maybe they talk too much and they're lying all the time, telling stories. If you show up the same person every time, and I'll give you an idea of what that ideal version of that person okay, is. Okay, that was going to be my question. <laughs> when you show up as the same person every time, and that same person is trustworthy, doesn't have an agenda to fix them or change them, isn't trying to get them to admit their mistakes, isn't trying to uh, cause them to be on, you know, the lights on them were like, where were you on July 23rd at, you know, 3.30 p.m.? Like you're not interrogating them. The parent or the adult, if you're a coach and you work with teenagers, your greatest success is going to be the same success as parents. If every day you show up and they're around you and you bring the good vibes, you bring the, this is going to be a great day, even if the work that needs to be done today sucks, it's not something that anyone wants to do. It's okay because even though we don't want to do it, we're better off if we're doing it together. The best person that shows up the same way every day is the person who is showing up saying, this is what I'm doing. This is what's best for all of us. Let's just go. Now, teenagers will have complaints. They'll have criticism. They'll pull back. They'll be withdrawn. The mistake that a lot of people make is trying to make sense of why they're doing these things. If we always remember this is part of the teenage experience, don't try to make sense of it. Don't take it personal. Just realize it doesn't matter who their parent is right now. They're not going to want to do their homework. It doesn't matter where they're living at. No one's going to want to pick up their wet towels, right? So these are all things that we can help prepare our teenagers for independent living skills by showing up. And when I say showing up, you are the person with the behavior, the mood stability, and the tone of voice that you want them to have with you. Now, here's, here's the trick. If you get out of character every now and then as a parent, let's say there's 31 days in the month, and in that 31 days, there's three or four days that you're just like, like, listen, I'm frustrated. Like, you know, don't talk to me. I can't handle this right now. Then you come back and apologize. Say, listen, that wasn't my best. I'm going to do better than that. I had a tough, doesn't excuse my behavior. But I just want to apologize so you guys know I'm not like acting like it didn't happen. I was I was in the wrong. I'm last gonna night. acknowledge it. I'm gonna have I'm gonna some self awareness. Exactly. And then the other 28 days of the month or 27 days of the month, if you're just pretty much hey what's up guys let's keep on going go 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 you can be direct you can push them you can actually really get them to do more than they thought they're capable of doing if you don't stop and turn around and try to engage and make sense of every little emotion eye roll frustrating thing that they complain about yeah because teenagers as a little reminder are just semi-professional adults 
You ask yourself, what does semi-professional adults mean? Well, here's what it means. Adults get paid for their talents. Adults get paid for being consistent and having hard work ethics, showing up on time, um, showing up every day you're supposed to be there, um, all these little things that adults have learned to do, communicating, all these skill sets you can get paid for as an adult. Teenagers know how to do these things, but they suck at it still. That's why they're semi-pro adult, because no one in their right mind is going to pay them to do it. Well, and let's, let's talk about that for a second, because I'm thinking about me, and you guys, I'm an emotional person. And I know you haven't picked up on that, but that I'm just letting you in. But when I show up at work, or when I'm doing an event, or when I'm about to film a video, or when, you know, Your I'm... emotions are channeled. Like... What, you're, what you do, though, is you keep it in check, right? Because you are getting paid. Mm-hmm. Because that is what's expected, and that is what you're there to do. It's a customer service mode. A- absolutely. It really is. Which you know, you guys know. remember when David was like, well, as a parent, you're customer service, and we're like, well, oh. Well, it's the lowest paid <laughs> customer service job in the world, but yeah, continue. But I didn't you, say it was good customer service. But this service. is one of the things that we talk that. I like to remind parents about... And yourself, because you always say... Like, yes, you need to be because this right? is it, is that in this in this podcast, we want to talk about things that you as parents, us as parents, we as parents can control, which changes the scope, changes the game, controls the climate a little bit because we get to be in control of ourselves. Yeah. When we can't be in control. We need to be the tone setters and the trend setters. And so we, we need, need to, to think of it. We've got to think of it as a job. we got to think of it like even if you're having a bad day or you're frustrated or you're tired, you got to rally and show up as that reliable person. Anyone that's ever been the leader of a team, it could be uh, at work, there's a team on a project, it could be a sports team. When you're the coach or the leader of a team, it sucks. Because you have to get everybody to want to work hard when not everybody wants to work hard. And then you have to make it feel like it's, you have to make them believe it was their idea. (laughs) The best coaches see this like it's an actual chessboard. The best coaches know that if they build the bonds and the connections with the higher ranking people in the team, or the people are motivated and they get buy-in one at a time, then their job, they can step back and they can supervise. They don't have to be micromanaging everything, which a lot of us parents, we fall victim of that. Forget, I'll just do it myself. We clean up and then we hold resentment and we hold anger and frustration that we had to do the work that we took from them because we can just do it better. So being able to be a good leader means delegating to people around you, but doing it in a clever way that when you're delegating to them, it's based upon you've been doing this every single day, you've been modeling it, and then now you're asking them to step in, not because that they need to learn life lessons, but because you want to know what they would do in those situations. You want to know how they would handle it. The art of manipulation really is just the ability to tweak or change. I don't consider myself, I mean, by definition, I'm a licensed therapist. I went to graduate school for counseling psychology. But by definition, I'm a master manipulator. I mean, I've mastered how to, man- how really to tweak, how to tweak and change people's minds, their moods, and the things that they choose to entertain in their mind. Like their perspective. Their perspective. Because a lot of times what happens is 
We've been entertaining this perspective that was formed by a story that we didn't even write. And so if we believe that we had all these hardships growing up, and so our kids, you know, we need to take a pound of flesh for every time they make mistakes, the very shame-based parenting style, well, then we don't get a chance to lead. We're too busy trying to control. Mm -hmm. Then on the flip side, if we're too much of the cool, easygoing parent, we're showing up inconsistent because the easygoing parent is really doing it to get their kids to like him and to be cool. And then when they don't respect you, when they don't act the way you want them to, you feel pissed off because like, I've I've done things I know I shouldn't have done and let you get away with things (laughs) that I shouldn't have done, hoping that if I let you get away with it, you're going to repay me back. And you're not seeing this like this is a partnership. So inside of that, when I say show up consistently, show up like the greatest coaches, the greatest bosses, the greatest leaders you've ever been around. Because people that want to mimic a leader's behavior, and it doesn't matter if it's a male, a female, or what have you, if you're around a good leader, you know it. They're confident. They're concise. They make quick decisions based upon what they know of the situation. And if they make a decision that was wrong, they quickly know it was wrong because they didn't dilly-dally and put off the decision-making process for later. Now, with us parents, how this can look if if your kids are coming up to you and they're nagging at you all the time and, and they're saying, can I go to my friends? Can I go do this? Can I go do that? Can I do all these things? And you're tired and tired and tired. You know, the passive coddling parents like, fine, here's... 50 bucks, just leave me alone, get out of here. The shameful parents like, well, I want you to write a dissertation of why you want to go hang out with your friends, why you think you deserve it, showed me all your homework. Clean like, your room, clean your the room, bathroom, and do these things. And, the- and then the kid goes, never mind, forget it. But if you show up and you are the same parent in that situation, like a consistent parent, right in the middle of the partnering parent, that's the consistency we want you to show as being the partnering parent, you'd show up in that situation and say, okay, I tell you what, you want to make a deal? Because I'm open for a deal. If you want to make a deal, I'd be, I'd be happy to make a deal, but I'm not going to give you money because then I may get butt hurt and resentful later if you don't do the chores tomorrow like you promised. And I'm not going to sit here and make you do five homework assignments 20 minutes before you got to go out and clean, you know, all the toilets, stuff like that. So I'll tell you what, I'll make you a deal instead. I'm going to give you the opportunity to go out with your friends. I'll give you the money up front. But by tomorrow at this time, you have to have those chores done. If you don't have them done by that time, well, then you don't get to make any more deals for the next two weeks. So you're not saying they can't make deals with you. You're being consistent. Now, think about this. If they came back, they did the deal. They they did the chores. They came back the next afternoon. It was all done by the timeline. Okay. You showed them that if they do a little bit of work, that you'll give them a little bit of freedom. But you're also showing them that you're reasonable. You're not you're not a type of parent that demands perfection, and you're not a type of parent that's hoping that you can just buy their love either. Showing up consistently as a partnering parent, I gave one scenario how that can look, but there's tons of other different types of scenarios. But the overall basis of it is the best bosses and the best coaches rarely ever different than who you thought they really were. They were always the same person, but sometimes they had better days versus bad days. But it didn't change their character. It didn't change their personality. It didn't change how they showed up to those situations. They could be mad in a situation and still not take it out on other people around them. Or if they did, they can quickly apologize for it. Here's a good thing that we can ask ourselves as parents. Um, when our kids come home from school, they're upset. Maybe if, maybe because of a friend. Maybe because of something a teacher said or something unfair. 
and and their mood is like up here super upset do we go up and get super upset with them or if we've got a kid that comes home and they're and they're mad they're mad at their sibling or they're mad at us and kind of go low and and then do we go low you, yeah. you know and and for those of you who are watching kind of on a video you know like if you think of that big wavy oscillation kind of graph the teenagers are always going to be doing this right because they're teenagers that's what you do but our hope and this is not an easy <laughs> not an easy thing to ask is that we would stay in the middle and not go up crazy high and not go low but i've heard people a lot say that our tendency is to match the emotion that's coming at us in in defense well, and, and that's what I'm saying. You have to model the emotion and the behaviors you want them to give you. Right. And so um, a lot of times, you know, teenagers will come at you. They'll bring to you a bunch of problems. But if you just remember this little simple thing at the moment, it will help you. And I forget. I can't remember what mom. I can't say her name anyways. But a long time ago, <laughs> a mom, she just kind of, because I'll give people ideas, and then they come back and say, this works for me. I'm like, okay, and I'll just share with another family, right? And I forget how she said it, but she kind of took my typical like type of rhyme stuff with it. It was something like, when my kid's coming at me, I have to remember, they're, just because they're coming at me, it's not all about me. Okay, that's a good one. And it was really clever how she did I, I, it. I'm going to type that one. <laughs> because if you instantly remember that just because they're coming at me doesn't mean it's all about me, then you start to look for what's the real issue going on. Now, the trick is you don't say, okay, you're not really this mad at what I did. What's really going on? You don't want to show your hand. In poker, you want to play it all the way through, and then you drop your hand. So in that situation, if a kid's coming at you saying, you got mad at me uh, last night, and that was unfair, blah, 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 you know that if you think it's not all, all about me, well, what else has she got going on in life if this was a daughter? Okay, her friends aren't calling her back got a bad grade or first test back at school. You go through this round robin of four or five different things it could be, and I also got mad at her last night. Okay, okay. So we can see that there's a lot of things going on here. As parents are trying to figure out what are all the different details, you don't wanna say anything. You just sit there and go, okay, and in your mind, you're nodding like you're contemplating. That's always the language of, I'm trying to figure out where you're coming from. Kind of look with concern, look down, look up, look down, look up. And then as you're doing this, then you're like, okay, all right, man, then you get a chance to use all the light to fight tools we've ever taught you. Thank them. You know, I can tell it's pretty hard for you to come and tell me that you're mad at me for what I said last night. And if I were you, I'd have been really nervous to come say something to me. So thanks for coming to say something to me. And in the meantime, you'll, you're still thinking about all the things that has really gone wrong for them this week. And if you're in their shoes, gosh, I'd probably be freaking out too. And then once you hear them out and you tell them thank you, the mood calms down, and then you sit there and say, listen, I'm not going to sit here and make up any excuses because I, I know I make mistakes, and I apologize for making you feel that way. And I just want to let you know, like, if you ever have issues like that, bring it to me before because I know you have other things going on in your life, and I know you don't want to take out all those other things on me because – you know, you're not my problem and I'm not yours. So thanks for trusting me that you could tell me you had an issue with me. So now you can go take care of all those things you really should be worrying about. When I've had parents just kind of spin it back around and do that, I'm not saying this is going to work for every problem your kid has because the problem may be selectively all about you. And if you 
acknowledge that, damn, that was totally my fault. I screwed up. That's a totally different situation. But a lot of times we don't know what the stress is like for your teenagers unless we stop and take a step back and go, what of all the stuff I know about their week? And if they thought about all those things at once, bingo, of course they're in a bad mood. Of course they're going to take what I said personal. Then you go, okay, okay, all right, this isn't about me. Okay, now I can do this. Now you can partner with them. But as a parent, if we take it personal, we react the same way as a teenager that takes things personal. We get really salty and we get really angry and we get really defensive. If we're going to try to get them to have emotional regulation and to not flip out and to be emotionally consistent with, consistent with their emotions, then we have to go first. And in these moments, it's the greatest opportunity. That's why I said every teenager is going to make themselves uncomfortable or hard to approach at times. Every adult, I always tell them, stay in the pocket. Do not move. If you never heard of stay in the pocket, if you ever watch football, a quarterback snaps the ball and he, he runs back to throw the ball. He doesn't keep on running back 50 yards because all these big guys are chasing him. He's not like, ah! He has to stop and step up in and stand in the pocket. They create a defensive area, like a circle around the quarterback where all these big guys are protecting him. He's actually safest in the middle of the chaos. In surfing, it's like you're calm in the middle of the wave. It's the most dangerous part. So when parents, when we're sitting here thinking, this is a dangerous situation. I got to react and I got to figure this out. Take a deep breath to help you stay calm in the pocket. Just like that mom said, just because they're coming at me doesn't mean it's all about me. And then ask yourself, what are the other things that they've been going through? And then you think about that and then you'll be like, okay, let me start with just thanking them. Let me start with just telling them, gosh, man, this must have been hard for you. Now you're already partnering because if you thank them, they're not going to say, screw you. They're going to be like, okay, yeah, that was hard for me to do. You tell them that this must have been hard for you. You thought about it all night long. And, man, I I didn't, I wouldn't have had the guts to go tell my parents this. Then they're like, well, yeah, it was hard for me. And it, I didn't have a lot of guts to tell you, but I did it anyways. So now you're validating all their strengths. And when you get to the problem, chances are you can talk about a problem. Yeah. You can talk about that. You don't have to fight about it. You can just talk about it. It's never going to happen when there's tons of emotion. Right? Did that make sense how yeah. it kind of broke down? Yeah, that, like, I love it. And that's why... Kind of just going back to the very beginning where I said it's an affirmation is that I think that you have to visit that every single day in the mirror. You have to say, okay, remember, I'm going to stay in the middle. I'm going to Well, because if you partner. snap and yell at him, you're going to get the worst shame, the worst guilt in the world, well, mom guilt. And because, mom which guilt. is the worst, yes. It's the worst. Yes. You're, going to be like, you're going to be like, you know what, I don't care. I'm taking your Xbox. You didn't deserve that. And then later on, you're like, gosh, I should have taken his Xbox last week when he was really, this was like minor. Like, what did I do that for? Like, we blow up too. We go over the top. Well, because we're getting hit all the time with different things. And as a parent, you've got, you know, work stuff and you've got, and God forbid, if, God forbid if this kid that's giving you a hard time reminds you of the person you're no longer married to that had the baby with you. Okay. I've had that a lot happen where parents like, I want to kill my kid and like, I love him, but. Just in that way, he reminds me of dad or mom. And then this triggers something yeah. inside the parent. And a lot of times the parents, we forget, oh, yeah, that's a real thing. I still got this stuff going on with my ex for all the years you're divorced and your kid's showing up like your ex. It's like the fear that they're going to be treating me like the way my ex treated me. If we take a step back and say, I know they're coming at me like my ex, but I'm pretty sure it's not about me like my ex. I'm sure they're a different person than that. That can help too. And so you just have to keep revisiting um, this concept and reminder. And and the, the ultimate reminder is that your kids really do want yeah. to 
to come to you. You are their safe place. You are the person that they trust. You are the person that knows everything about them, where they came from. You are their foundation. And so you got to show up. Also, that. too, one little trick I may have ever told you guys. Um, pretend to believe all their stories. Want to know how this works? <laughs> yes. Have you ever been trying to tell a story that, now remember back to your youth, you're trying to tell a story and you're trying to get someone to believe your story. I've got to write this down. And the too. only way you can get them to believe your story is you need to give lots and lots and lots of details. But the person listening to your story, the more details you give, they're like, they're lying. Because the longer you go on, it even if they don't know you're lying, they start to get suspicious going, hmm, this is a really interesting story where they came home an hour late last night. If you cut your kid off and say, oh, yeah, well, then if you if you had to help out your friend, why did your phone have to die at the same time? Couldn't you fill in his phone charger? If you're interrupting them in the middle of while they're tr- trying, to, trying to create this storyline, then it, they get really defensive. Instead, be consistently their partner. Listen to all the BS. Listen to all the story when they're done. Go, wow. Tell you what, like, man, that must have been really hard for you. And the whole entire time, you did all of that. You helped out your friend with their, their, uh, their flat tire on the side of the freeway with no phone with no ability to talk to someone, but yet you figured it all out and you didn't get any grease or dirt on your hands while you changed the tire. I'm, have you ever seen uh, uh, Anchorman, the movie? His dog like That's eats it. everything in the house. I'm not even mad. I'm impressed. Like, how did you eat the whole meatloaf <laughs> in the fridge? I've told that to kids all the time, like, I'm not even mad at you. Like, how did you even pull that off? Like, you, you change a tire without getting your hands dirty? <laughs> and as you listen to their whole story and they get it all out there and they hear themselves say it, they know it's not a really good story. And if you don't call them out on it, you're like, okay, so despite that whole entire story, man, I'm glad you're safe. And, you know, we'll talk about your consequence later, but hey, just, man, I'm just glad, glad you didn't get hit by a car when you're changing a tire with no gloves on and still had no dirt on you whatsoever. So I'm really happy for you. really appreciate it. And we'll talk about your consequences tomorrow. <laughs> because what happens if you interrupt someone in their story, then they're like, no, I have to make this truth. Now I'm going to, what do you think, I'm lying? And you're like, well, yeah, it's, that's exactly what I think you're lying. <laughs> no, no, you don't have to, you have to embellish it and just go along with it. Because once it's done, you're like, okay, I sat here and listened to your horrible story. You don't say that for 30 minutes. Now, We'll talk about the, the real stuff, but we'll do it later. You just kind of just let it breathe a little bit. If you allow your kids to tell their fake stories, to practice <laughs> to practice hearing themselves, think about it. They don't get a chance to see how hypocritical their stories sound, how bad they are, unless you let them say the whole thing from start to finish. They will contradict themselves three or four times. You just got to sit there when they're done. They're like, oh, crap. You can see their confidence lacking in that. It wasn't good. And you're like, okay, well. <laughs> you don't even have to call them out that it was bad. They just kind of go, okay, what chores do I have to do I'm to make up tired. for it? I've had so many kids just go, all right, I, okay. So- I'll, they're more willing to take the consequences if you let them give their pitch. Kind of. Don't interrupt the salesman sales pitch. Let them finish it out. If it's a horrible pitch, guess what? They'll learn how to pitch it better or they'll learn how to negotiate better with you. <laughs> I like it. You guys, these are important things that we need, especially right now at the beginning of the school year because – the stories are just going to get... And real quick, if you're listening to this saying, oh, I can't do all that, that's too hard, just like Heidi said, well, she didn't say these words, but I'll say these words, bullcrap. If you think you have to put on an act and a role to do this and you can't do that, A, you're right, you have to put on an act and a role sometimes, and B, you can do it because you do it every day. It's called work. If you go to work, 
you put on a role, you put on an act, you use words and acronyms and stuff you wouldn't normally use in your day-to-day life just to kind of like toe the company line or you have the customer service, oh, how you doing, blah, 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 blah. You can do it. We just don't want to do it at home with our kids. Like we want them just to show up and just do what they're told, right? So you can get in these characters and getting these characters enrolled doesn't mean you're a fake parent, doesn't mean that you're being disingenuous. It means you're being clever. And that's what, that's what we need. We're leveling up. That's right. Right. All right, All right David, thank you. Thank, thank you. you. I've got thank some you. things written down. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to post it so that we can all remember. Um, thanks for listening. Thank you for um, sharing. And we love hearing from you. We love feedback if you have questions or concerns. Um, we'd certainly love to hear it. We answer, we try to answer those questions, concerns in um, the Patreon. And um, so we'd love to invite you to come over there. But as always, you guys, thank you for coming and thank you for helping us to light the fight. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.